This program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. WTBQ. And good morning, everybody. This is Stephen Keeter with the Free Speech Show. And here, as always, in our studio, we have Jay Westerwald with us. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Stephen. How you doing? Pretty good. It's, uh, you know, we holiday season. We're getting ready. Everybody's excited. We're here in WTBQ, which is filling up by the minute with the toys and uh, presents for uh, toys for military tots, for military personnel that's stationed in uh, Disabled American veterans and military personnel stationed at the Stewart Air Base. I can't move in here. I mean, there are so <laughs> many toys. It's like the island of misfit toys. Man, there's got to be a Charlie in the box here somewhere. Certainly. Outrageous. No, it, it's great. And I want to thank everybody who contributed, who uh, sort of uh, shared the holiday and the spirit of uh, holiday with the kids uh, who, you know, <coughs> needed the most and uh, still believe in uh, Christmas and uh, Santa Claus. And uh, thank you. To everybody who helped uh, Santa to deliver these toys to the kids. Yeah, and you know, it, it, we should note that not only is the lobby totally chock full of toys when you walk in, and then part of the hallway. Don't worry, no, no fire problems. Our our little booth here is absolutely filled to the gills with stuff. Taylor's office, we yeah. were filling. I mean, it is like loaded up back no, it there. Is, it is great to see. It's, uh, I believe, in the fifth year, right? It's a fifth annual yeah. uh, Toys for Tots uh, run that WTBQ is uh, doing. And uh, uh, we were told this is uh, the biggest year yet. So. I, I've just never seen anything like this. <laughs> really, no, it's it outrageous. Is Great. It is absolutely great, and uh, it certainly puts a smile on everybody's uh, faces who is working uh, or contributing and uh, here, and uh, it certainly puts everybody in the right uh, spirit. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's funny, like even just sitting here amongst all this, I cannot not smile. <laughs> I feel like a little kid again, even though these aren't my toys. It, this is just outrageous. I'm craning around to look at them uh, while we're talking. It's, it's just outrageous. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing that this radio station, uh, I'm not making a plug for them, I'm just speaking very earnestly, this radio station works so hard to give back to the community in so many ways. I mean, they really, they don't just talk the talk. <laughs> Look at this, you know? Yeah, no. So we have, uh, folks, we have a great program ahead of us. Uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, things that we would like to once again, uh, you know, uh, tell people more about the upcoming project, about Palpitrock Inn and uh, Preserve Palpitrock uh, project. And uh, going to uh, educate some people on uh, preservation, what it is and what it isn't. Doing nothing certainly is not it. No. And uh, so, and... Uh, I also uh, want to let uh, everybody to know a little secret. We have uh, a little uh, trivia or uh, questions, and you have a great uh, chance of uh, winning a great uh, prizes, uh, compliments of uh, Preserve Pulpit Rock, and uh, from one of our sponsors, from Sam's Meat Warehouse. You have a choice of uh, holiday specials. It's either Christmas Goose, you have wow. a Crown Roast, Filet Mignon, or standing prime rib roast. You're kidding me. Wait, a choice? Family. Yep. Multiple choice. So. Can, I, can I just call in under a fake name? <laughs> so, and we're going to continue. If everybody's listening, this you have a chances to win today, this program, and the next program. So we have two weeks before Christmas. Uh, I'm very excited about it. And uh, once again, you have a chance to win great prizes that you can certainly put uh, to good use and impress your guests and enjoy it with your family. So uh, without further ado, Jay, you want to maybe uh, let people give them a little uh, head start and give them a chance to think more about it. And uh, as always, we're doing something that is uh, very local, uh, that uh, members of our Warwick community would probably know uh, answer better than anybody else. And ah, trivia question. Yep. <laughs> sure. Ah, here's a good one. Um, Got to call in with the answers, guys, by the way. Texting doesn't work. And uh, Stephen, what's the call in number again? 845-651-1110. Great. So I guess a good question would be, because we're talking about uh, Christmas and shopping and, and all that stuff, at the site where ShopRite is in Warwick, what were the two stores that were there before ShopRite? What two stores preceded ShopRite on that footprint in Warwick? Oh, see, that was before my time, before me uh, moving into Warwick. So those are only like you would like to define people only... 
Wildcat. Wildcats would know. Yeah, that's a good wildcat <laughs> question. So give a call in, let us know, and uh, let's let's see who knows the answer to that. It shouldn't be terribly difficult. Two uh, other grocery stores right there before ShopRite. Great. Now you have to name two. Uh, maybe it takes a little, uh, you know, a teamwork. Maybe one person would know one and the other one uh, the other one. So those are uh, local facts and local history. And in the meantime, we're going to discuss... Uh, and uh, another project that's coming uh, to Warwick, uh, Palpitrock Inn, and the those eco-integrated features that uh, you know has been designed by our very own Jay Westervelt, and uh, I know there's a number of them that has been featured in the local, uh, once again, local newspaper, the Warwick Valley Dispatch. And but before we do that, I just uh, it's uh, tomorrow is the Saint Andrew's Day. And so for all of us who is listening, uh, for, for all folks out there, for all the Andrews and Andres, uh, once again, uh, you know, happy uh, namesake day, a saint day, and happy celebration. I certainly have a very close friend named Andre, which I hope he's listening. So Andre, happy St. Andrews to you and uh, your buddies. I know you're celebrating right now. Must be a big holiday with golfers too, St. <laughs> Andrews, for sure. Yeah, so we're over on... Uh the Pulpit Rock Inn uh, project plans. Uh, we have, as we mentioned once before, we have 16 definitive bullets of eco-integrative uh, plans that are very one of a kind for your hotel project, uh, the Boutique Inn. And what we do is every week in the Warwick Valley Dispatch, Warwick's real hometown newspaper, not owned by a big corporate conglomerate, but still uh, still in the, the right family. And um, so we, we feature with a half page ad each week, one of our you know, upcoming project ideas. And I think what we'll do is uh, we'll get to that after we take a call. It sounds like yeah. there's a call. We have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Brian DeFries. I'm calling from Warwick. Um, the two stores would be Lloyd's and Madusky's, wouldn't it? Yes, sir. Good job. Good <laughs> yeah. job, Brian. Brian, and good, good to hear from you. I think I recognize the voice. Uh, that's only somebody who really, uh, truly rooted in, uh, in Warwick and has been here for a long time, and I know your family was. And congratulations on your win. Uh, you can, uh, once again, compliments of uh, Preserve Pulpit Rock and Sam's Meat Warehouse. You have a choice of uh, picking up for anything uh, from Sam's Meat Warehouse that uh, sort of signifies uh, holiday table. Filet mignon. Choices are filet mignon. Goose or duck, for that matter. Uh, wow. Crown roast of lamb, leg leg of lamb, or prime rib roast. So your choice. Please stop by, and uh, I'm sure folks at the Sam's Meat Warehouse would be happy to fill up and make sure that you know you have a great meal to share with family and friends this season. Thank you very much, Stephen. My pleasure. Thank you for calling. Thank Good you. Good job, Brian. Yeah. <clears throat> great job. I'm glad somebody called in, and of course, you know, was, local that, name. That was quick. I thought that was a difficult question, uh, but uh, yeah, we're going uh, into the uh, our first break, and we'll be back with you right after. Orange County Tourism once again invites you to savor great dining at your favorite restaurant or discover a new eatery or shop in your village or town. As we all continue to move forward and enjoy our freedom, remember to stay safe by simply always wearing a mask. This is also such a great time for you and the family to enjoy the great outdoors and feast on this glorious autumn season at all the scenic Orange County parks and trails. Go for a hike in the woods, enjoy Greenwood Lake, ride or walk the Heritage Trail, Join in all the activities that the county has to offer. Just remember to be aware of social distancing and stay safe. Shop local and support your local merchants and get your retail therapy fix at the same time. Enjoy Thomas Bull Memorial Park. Walk around the Monroe Pond. Visit Warwick, Goshen, Middletown, Newburgh, Washingtonville, and be sure to check out the Winter's Farmer's Market in historic Pine Island. Visit all of our amazing towns and villages, and for a complete list of all the shops, restaurants, and activities in Orange County, visit orangetourism.org. Dr. Agathy Pierre-Louis is one of the top clinical psychologists in Orange County, and she will be your guide to healing and creating a positive relationship with family, friends, and coworkers. Confusion and emotional difficulty with self-esteem, parenting, or moving forward? 
then contact Dr. Pierre-Louis, who will guide you in making the right decisions to build a life healthy in mind, body, and spirit. To make an appointment or for more information, visit byembracetherapy.com. Hi, this is Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse. Join me and my guests every Monday on the Roundtable at 9 a.m. AM 1110 93.5 FM WTBQ. WTBQ. All right, and we're back with Free Speech uh, Show. This is Stephen Kuter and Jay Westerwald here with the, in the studio. And uh, once again, thank you for uh, people who listen carefully, and thank you for uh, people who know their local history. We just got a winner, and but don't get uh, disparate. Uh, we are having an upcoming next week's show. We'll give you the same uh, choice. So listen in, know your history, and uh, that's the, I learned something new today, Jay. Cool. Yeah. Now you know I, we great winner there. Uh, Brian DeFries called right in, knew the answer. Now I have to get out there and shoot some geese. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope he waits to get over there. So we we were talking about uh, ideas for the project and the uh-huh. things that we're definitely going to implement if, in fact, the you know the project goes through, which we certainly expect it to. I don't see. Oh, well, it's zoned uh, certainly is zoned for it. Uh, there's no impediments. It doesn't represent. Uh, we have cleared by the state all the studies that has been done and banked and uh, will be part of Secra. Uh, uh, you know, do not uh, see any uh, like I said impediments to the upcoming project. I'm very excited about it. It's, I think it's going to bring a lot of new uh, recreational benefits, uh, especially this is what we're talking currently, and this is what our last couple of uh, programs were about, and certainly going to benefit community in the long run in terms of uh, reviving the commerce, the, the economy, the contributing tax dollars, uh, and uh, as well as preservation. Once again, so I would like to stress out that doing nothing is not preservation. Uh, I know that, you know, for the lack of better examples, you can walk behind your dog, pick up poop, and grow up uh, pumpkins out of it. But uh, that hardly makes a difference uh, on the long run. Uh, we're trying to do something that, that truly matters. And uh, I believe that those features that proposed is going to uh, one day not only uh, put the pulpit rock in on a map and become a superlative and a leader in eco integration, but uh, hopefully will become a standard for the uh, hospitality industry altogether. Yeah, and uh, you know, paradoxically, there was there there used to be uh, some outcry against your project. Thankfully, that's dissipated because I think people are starting to realize uh, when they actually take the time to study the plans and to listen to what's going on and pick up the Warwick Valley Dispatch and see our half-page ads that feature what we're doing, this project brings tremendous ecological benefit. It actually improves habitat. It improves part of that creek. It, it improves public access and public appreciation of nature. In other words, uh, something that is not currently there or has been there for, for the past decades, if not uh, centuries. Yes. And, you know, interestingly, like you said, <clears throat> this will put Pulpit Rock on the map with uh, hospitality, uh, certainly nation, if not worldwide. It will put Warwick on the map. This would be something that will put Warwick on the map of sustainability, uh, which will be really interesting, I think, because the measures of sustainability that your boutique hotel will definitely implement are unparalleled. Nobody's done them before. You know, I, we almost have sort of a feature of the week, you know, in the dispatch. Absolutely. And one of them, this is, by the way, this week, uh, uh, for those who didn't uh, seen it yet, who didn't pick up uh, the copy of the newspaper, uh, for whatever reason, I'm actually a sub- subscriber to uh, Warwick Valley Dispatch and I get uh, two copies I didn't get this week. So uh, Interesting. Uh, uh, for those guys who are not lucky subscribers, go out there, get the newspaper and take a look. I think this feature, something that... Uh, Jay Thoroff and uh, Jay is uh, maybe you can tell more what, what what's proposed and uh, it is because I certainly haven't seen any, anything like this around. No, no one has. Uh, so this week's feature, which is in our, you know, our master plan that's already uh, banked paddle uh, pedal in paddle out. What we're doing is we're having a kayak launch on site. OK, not a big thing, but we have kayak storage for Warwick residents and of course for hotel guests. Now, the beauty of that is. People who live in Warwick don't have to load a kayak onto a rack on top of their car and then get into their car, start the car and contribute to air pollution, driving to a spot to go kayaking. With our 
design, which we will indeed implement. There's going to be a, a large kayak rack there, lockable, so people can leave their canoes and kayaks locked overnight. There will be security cameras, of course, as there will be everywhere on the, uh, the usable property. And they can bicycle in or walk in, of course, oh, they if they choose. It's uh, genius because uh, the village residents, it's within walking distance to the sure. village. You can just come in. It reminds me in Europe, uh, the, you know, in, in uh, those very ritzy alpine uh, skiing resorts where you have uh, guests who, uh, you know, uh, patrons to a particular hotel would have their own uh, set of skis, uh, you know, skates Absolutely. for that matter, for, on, to skate on the lake or enjoy the mountain slopes. And that, you know, it's funny, you're a European native and I'm a, well, past European resident, legal resident, and uh, I certainly spent far too much time at those Alpine resorts. And honestly, there was a place in Ischgl, uh, Ischgl, Austria, right on the border with some now in Switzerland, uh, one guest house, uh, they're almost always named Maria, you know, in the Alps, the guest houses always have the name on the side and uh, they're, every other one is named Maria because that's an important Roman Catholic name uh, throughout Austria and Southern Germany. Anyway, uh, one of the guest houses, Maria, I used to keep my snowboard and uh, one set of boots always there, my slalom snowboard for racing. Uh -huh. I would hitchhike from Prague down uh, through, yeah, okay. right, right down the A17 Autobahn into Innsbruck and then from Innsbruck over there, met wonderful people on the way and I didn't have to carry my boots and my skis. I thought about, wow, what a great idea. We should do this yeah, locally, arrival, it's not done here. They, they know you as a patron, they greet you and uh, it's sort of like as usual, here's your uh, pair of uh, skis yeah. and it, it, it's great. And it's, uh, it, it's not only convenience, the way I see it, it's also building a community spirit, something that Warwick is proud to have and to know each other better, to have people who would come in. And once again, it's not only, uh, you know, the privileged guests uh, that would have that privilege, but, uh, you know, the residents in, uh, of Warwick Village and town alike. And that, you know, that's, that's the cool thing is to try to make as many of at least the exterior features of your inn accessible to residents. And because you're not using state grant funding to develop any of these features, we're not at the mercy of state rules that say, well, you use state funding, so you have to let everybody use it. No, it's still private property. So if you choose to allow residents of Warwick to use it. It is a private property, yet it's a public use right. property. So, and what people sometimes, you know, uh, and we've seen a fair share of uh, this uh, ill-informed nonsense, but written in a very flowery style letters of opposition that has been submitted to local newspapers, uh, yet uh, they omit one very important thing, that the project is the only way to retain this property as a public use and open it uh, further to for public access. The, and that's nice of you to say retain it as public use because you're being a little generous there. There's no evidence that it was publicly accessible before. I mean, people could walk on there, but it's hard to say that, oh, it was definitely allowed or not. You don't have to post property in order to say, actually, it's private uh, in New York State. You're supposed to. We know what the posting regs are, but you can have private property. Well, the only, uh, that's, uh, and it's not like I'm a big fan of posting, uh, no. but at the same time, it's a last resort when you're dealing with somebody who is is ready to overstep any uh, lines and uh, not only common courtesy, but, but law uh, itself. And uh, since we have dealt with many, uh, you know, trespassing attempts and even, uh, you know, uh, drone flying and dropping uh, some <laughs> artifacts, that was, you know, an introduction to the sites of foreign materials, yes. So that, that is a necessary measure of prevention to, uh, you know, to, to protect uh, ourselves and... Uh, and a project. But I have to say, Stephen, very honestly, um, just from my, my standpoint, it, it's fun to go out there and continue doing my ongoing ecological surveys and find these colorful uh, little recently manufactured arrowheads. But um, getting back to the project and keeping so, with yeah, it. Yeah, right now, and this is once again, uh, I would like uh, uh, people who are listening to hear it from me, from uh, firsthand, from people who in charge of the project, who in, uh, you know, working uh, on the project day to day to bring it uh, this wonderful idea to Warwick. Um, currently only uh, me, my family and a member of professional team who are working uh, on the project have the privilege of, uh, you know, uh, enjoying the site. So we, I would like to change that and I would like to bring it uh, to Warwick and make it uh, for the community of a publicly accessible site. 
Yeah, and it's fun. You know, we we members of the placemaking team have uh, really enjoyed it and really had a chance to sort of vision what can be done there, you know, and sort of flesh out a, a real plan. And, you know, the beauty of our kayak and canoe storage and launch site is that it also will have locking bicycle racks. So anybody in the town who just feels like taking a carbon neutral day and going out and bicycling and then locking their bicycle up, going over and unlocking their own canoe, slapping it into the way we are and paddling away and then coming back now has a way to do that. And of course, and it's safe monitored. And yes, that's uh, a biggie. Yep. And, um, you know, we'll have a picnic site right there on site, which is really nice. It's a beautiful bend in the in the creek right there it's actually very nice um it's got high embankments over it that are quite picturesque but you, the landing site that's just there i guess the original farmers must have built it for allowing the cattle to go in Probably. and water that's more what it looked like yeah like my family farm over uh on king's highway um the same thing the cattle would use to cross the road they can't anymore with how traffic is and they would go down and water at wickham lake what it looks like the original dairy farmers here did the same thing with that yeah, little it's, oxbow. It's uh, not only accessible, it's almost inviting. Very uh, inviting, because, yeah. And, and in that particular spot, I haven't encountered the spot, and we have uh, the property actually stretches quite a long uh, time. No, there's, there's no other similar area that would no. be uh, that perfectly situated and that perfectly almost designed for it. It really, that's the coolest thing is you go in there and it looks like a, a campsite. You might see in the high Sierras or something. It's actually quite beautiful, really picturesque. And, you know, with part of our vision, we're going to increase the nice um, erosion control plantings, such as silky dogwood, uh, you know, crabapple plantings, things of that nature. Beautiful native emergent uh, wetland plants in there as well. There's sort of a, an island you know, right in the center there where your your launch is, where we can actually add even more beautiful plants. But to me, the really exciting thing, and you know, I've, I've tried to do this in other areas, but it's often tough to get municipalities and agencies on board, is that we will have the bike racks there for residents. Go bicycle, what are we gonna do today? Take the family out, bicycling, bicycle right down West Street, pull into the site, lock them at the racks, unlock your canoe, Go out and paddle. Where else can you do that? Anywhere in this county, in this region. We don't have this I haven't else. seen anything. Uh, the, the closest uh, idea that I've encountered many times is when there's a really well-developed recreational activity, such as skiing or skating, uh, and um, the, usually the hotel or resort on site would have, for those guests who would prefer, uh, a it doesn't even cost anything as long as you know the it's a little storage room where somebody just like you get the the luggage or you get a ticket you get your car you get a your bell help uh, to uh, you know give a ticket and uh, you get your pair of uh, skis but that just covers the outset so what that means is okay if you drive there or find a way to get there you right. can do that in our case we're making it so that people can just walk or bicycle there and not have to worry about parking Brilliant. the car putting the uh, canoe uh, on I, 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 once again i will uh, as a project builder i think it's uh, i'll be proud to implement something like that i know that once again it's uh, hasn't been done before and as uh, any of those implemented measures that will introduce something to the community that wasn't there before and isn't currently available and it's something that's actually very very sustainable and eco-sensitive. We're actually improving habitat to get more different sort of species there and also to allow more people to go in and learn about nature and, and enjoy, enjoy it. it. Really enjoying it's the big thing. And you know, to that end, we'll have an interpretive kiosk that sort of lets people read about and look at pictures of what the sort of birds and fish they'll see there are. Really nice fish species around there. You know, uh, interesting game fish species, et cetera, as there are all throughout yeah, it's the a, I believe it's a CR1 classification. Uh, yes, it is. A creek uh, which allows for trout uh, you know uh, no it, it's very very interesting and i know uh, there's more so i um, if, please go ahead and uh, tell people who don't have a newspaper in front of them and uh, something they can certainly look forward to well we were talking about the fish um we've already designed where we will among the riffles and the oxbows and what we call the holes the deeper spot 
put uh, trout spawning improvement areas. There's a, a pretty good fishery throughout the Wayweanda uh, from progressive stocking over many seasons and possibly some of what we call natives, uh, old trout who've been there for a while, of uh, both brown and brook trout, believe it or not. And uh, these are both wonderful game species. Interestingly, the brown trout is uh, alien to North America. They're from Europe. Yeah. It's very interesting how uh, certain species, uh, not only, uh, you know, fish or, or fauna, but also flora find uh, its way into Americas. And I read uh, something in uh, the very same issue of Dispatch that, uh, frankly, puzzled me up uh, because I know, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I actually had to go and research it a little bit more because as far as I know, the apple has been introduced uh, to Americas in 17th century. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's Yet interesting. I'm, I'm reading about uh, Native uh, Americans having orchards of them. Yeah, that's that's a little confusing. This is what happens sometimes when lay people uh, sort of throw the hat of historian or ecologist or biologist on or a- anything else. And, you know, this happens a lot. Um, unfortunately, maybe it happens here even more. The bottom line for getting, you know, he said, she said, is that the apple is a native of the country of Kazakhstan, uh, where I've spent a Asia, lot of yeah. time. And, uh, you know, there are, while there are Native American apples here, they're not really There's edible. Crab apple. There's not a- even the crab apples that you and I associate with crab apples. Like, we know crab apples to be a nice edible little apple that turns red. There's no native apple in all of North America that turns red. The edible apples that are here all derive originally from Kazakhstan, and then, you know, of course, throughout Eurasia, Johnny Appleseed, John Chapman, we've all heard of him. He proliferated the apple, he brought, you know, uh, made sure it was growing everywhere. So many funny things about America being a true melting pot, we have the expression, as American as apple pie, but, you know, apples themselves (laughs) are from Kazakhstan. So it's it's kind of cool, apple pie, uh, you know, is really a very old world. Yeah, the early colonists, uh, British colonists who actually introduced that uh, plant to America. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to, you know, fantasize that uh, the village of Mistucky, the Indian village here, had uh, apple orchards when settlers arrived. That's not really possible. But, you know, we, we see a lot of this. It's not a big deal. Um, and again, the, a native crab apple is something that we're going to be using along the creek there to improve erosion control. And it also improves habitat because a lot of animals use it as food. You and I discussed, Stephen, a couple months ago, right here outside the studio, Siberian crab apple trees, which yep. have that cool little fruit. It's hardly like an totally apple. Totally different because uh, w- once again, they all, uh, and uh, I'm not the right person to, to discuss it or educate people on it. I can, uh, you know, certain things... Uh, uh, but um, they all they have uh, Latin uh, different Latin names. Yes, and uh, in other words, they all different species. Correct. So, uh, what we discussed, Siberian crab apple, that actually uh, it's not considered to be a wild apple. That's uh, cultivated. It makes an awesome, awesome jam. Oh, yeah, it, and it, 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 it it tastes nothing like an apple. It doesn't really look like one. The funny thing is. If you go to commercial parking lots, like medical arts buildings, sometimes shopping malls, this is the pretty tree you see with the little, you know, it's an orange berry, singular berry, about the size of a cherry. Yep. Maybe like a small plum. A small plum. And we see them all over this region, even in Warwick, right here next to the uh, station. But the cool thing is after the first frost, it gets soft because of water and it expands twice and breaks all the things. If you eat them, it's almost like a rose hip or a very sour apricot or... As you know, in Eurasia, we we don't really have them here. The um, sea buckthorn, those little orange things. By the way, uh, we really don't have them here. uh, No. But it's very popular, very, uh, once again, very widely used. And it's one of those super fruits. Uh, Yes, it is. People are discovering the benefits of it and it's uh, gaining in popularity. Yeah, pound for pound, the vitamin C, and especially the bioavailability of the vitamin C and sea buckthorn is unparalleled as far as I know. I'm, I'm not a food critic. I'm not a food um, scientist. I but grew up uh, within all of us with understanding and knowledge that uh, th- this is used to almost like a... Medicine. Like medicine. Yeah. yeah and it's, like you remedy know, for certain things. We can go on Amazon or eBay and buy sea buckthorn oil, that some sea buckthorn juice. You know, I'm really spoiled when I'm in Mongolia because it is grown everywhere it's it is sold everywhere fresh and because of its tartness 
It's oh. the most common uh, way of preservation, especially in in uh, in Europe, uh, in Northern Europe, where I'm originally from, uh, is just uh, mix it with sugar uh, and yeah. uh, sort of grind it with sugar, sure. and sort of like to a paste consistency. And that's that's the natural way of preservation. Here's your preserve. And once again, the sugar cuts through tartness a little bit. So, but uh, I just got a sign. We're going uh, once again to hear the words from our sponsors, Sam's Meat Warehouse. So if it's not, uh, you're still shopping for holiday meal, that's the place to go. Sam's Meat Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s on The Magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. Hi, this is Michael Newhart, Mayor of the Village of Warwick, inviting you to tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to Village Life and learn about the village happenings. Call and share your ideas, comments, and suggestions, and be part of the show with me and Mary Kalura. WTBQ a storm heading into the Great Lakes will keep it cloudy for the afternoon, along with a few showers in the mid-40s. Cloudy tonight with a scattered shower or two, and some areas of fog, 40 to 45. Sunday, it will become partly sunny and mild, 50 to 55. Cloudy Monday and colder, and likely staying dry as a coastal storm passes to our south and east. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. And we're back with free speech. This is Jay Westerveld, uh, sort of a semi-permanent guest here on Mr. Keeter's show. And Stephen, it sounds like uh, you just got word from Taylor out there about a cool yeah, giveaway. Yeah, we have in a true uh, spirit of uh, giving this holiday season. Well, once again, there's a lot of uh, presents and awards for uh, for the kids and adults alike. And we just got a word that one of the sponsors uh, are giving away two uh, passes, two ski passes to Mount Peter, our local uh, ski slopes that uh, wow. residents enjoy. And uh, But we're going to make you work for it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we, we give it away, of course, but uh, there's also... Uh, Jay, you have another piece of trivia we can... Uh, yeah, I sure do. Um, I, I definitely do. And, you know, let me just first uh, preface, Mount Peter... Yeah, I'm a lifelong skier. We don't get into that on, on the radio. But it's the first place I ever skied. Uh, when I was two, and uh, I love the place. It's it's still a place you can go, stay away from the, crowds. Anybody who lives in Warwick should uh, definitely use it. There's a lessons. If your kids don't ski, if you don't ski, go and try yourself. It's a great uh, beginner's slope, or even for yeah. people who enjoy skiing on the more steep slopes. I certainly been there. Yeah, and they, they actually have a great race hill for slalom. Amazing racing staff. Uh, really great. Carl does a great job with the teams there and all. But people come from a lot farther away than New York to ski there, believe it or not. People come from Connecticut. They have a choice, man. When you're in Connecticut, you can go to even certainly uh, Massachusetts, southern Vermont, yep. places you know like Bromley, which is my favorite uh, up there. But they come to Mount Peter because it's small. There's no crowds. You don't have that commercial feeling. You see this view of this beautiful valley with Sugarloaf Mountain. The people are so friendly. And the people who do the snowmaking and the grooming all snowboard and ski there themselves. It's not like a job for these guys. It's their life. The Samson family who's been involved there and forever. And it's a family owned. Family owned. The Samsons. Yep. Don and Gail Samson. And actually now, one of the two daughters, and I have to... You know, I know them both. They're both amazing people, dynamite skiers too, I should add. But I always forget which one technically runs it. But anyway, um, they're there. It's the the best people in the industry in our region always make their way to Mount Peter in terms of management. And uh, it's just top notch when you go there. There's nothing else like it. But a trivia question. 
that relates to this. Now, two ski passes, I think day passes, day tickets, but I don't know. No, I believe uh, those are actually good for any time there's uh, snow available. Oh, good. Yeah, so it sounds like a, a season tickets, uh, but you can uh, certainly get more information from uh, WTBQ and uh, from the sponsors. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a great uh, opportunity to uh, explore Man. or enjoy skiing here locally. And thank God they're going to be open so this for, season. For, for, for those who listen, uh, if you're ready, let's uh, give uh, some people a chance to win it. Okay. Well, Mount Peter, um, I have a, a ski-related question. Anybody call in? The question is, and don't Google it, guys. We're watching your computers. Just kidding. <laughs> Which state in America has the most ski resorts? Which American state, which U.S. state has the most ski resorts. Call us in at... At 845-651-1110 and uh, give us uh, the right answer for the chance to win uh, two ski passes to Mount Peter. And bonus question, I think we could throw in there. If uh, there's something small we can give for a a quick little bonus question. Absolutely. Uh, Let's, uh, once again, uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse has been uh, certainly generous this holiday season. Too generous, man. Come on. And how small? Is it $25 small or $50 small? I'm thinking $25. All right, let's go with the $25 (laughs) gift certificate to Sam's Meat Warehouse. Uh, How did Mount Peter start? Mount Peter Ski Area, Warwick, New York. How did it start? Who was the company who needed a ski area right there for photo shoots? Ooh. So call us in. No, that 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 is a fifty dollar uh, question. I'm sorry. That that's uh, not going to argue, Stephen. You're very generous. <laughs> All right. So uh, once again, uh, fifty dollar uh, gift certificate from Sam's Meat Warehouse for answering. What is the question again, Jay? Uh, who started? Who started? Um, why was Mount Peter Ski Resort started? Uh, for what company? A big company. Uh, was it started for photo shoots? For oh, that company. I didn't know that. Okay, wonderful. See, this is what I love about uh, the program, and this is what I love about, uh, you know, people uh, throwing these questions and trivia, and people, and I even more love when people do know the answer, uh, because that's something new that I uh, learn for myself, uh, you know, every time we get on air. Yeah, well, let's see I if the know, lines ring like, or not. Like, see, sometimes you have to prove, uh, sometimes you read something, and you read that, uh, you know, uh, you read about uh, indigenous people having uh, apple orchards way before they were introduced <laughs> to America. Uh, you know, so you have to, you know, hone your skill, so to speak, and you have to Google certain things. Up. Sure, sure. But uh, you know, the problem with history—that's one of the things. Um, when you have organizations for, you know, the dissemination of his- history, often they deal with the very abstract, very ancient history because they're, they're not often very well acquainted with what we call near history, recent history. So the question about which uh, supermarket was at the ShopRite site prior to ShopRite, of course, uh, Brian DeFries called in and, and had the correct answer. A good Ramapo name, DeFries. Uh, he said it was Medusky's and uh, Lloyd's. And of course he said Lloyd's. Both were grocery stores? Yeah, oh yeah, gosh yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid, it uh, was Medusky's store there are still Medusky's living in the area so there was you know when I was really little uh in the 60s there was Medusky's there was Big V in Florida and that was it and then they built a, an AMP in Chester in the very I think 1970 71 that got built and burned down eventually but yeah grocery stores come and go around here when I was a kid the big difference between now and then was that there were always butchers and i'm not trying to make a pitch for sam's but it was cool here in warwick right on main street there was rainers there was roaches uh in chester downtown chester there was always a butcher where you could go in and see a side of beef side of cheap often you know mutton things of that nature pork and uh get get a custom cut and that disappeared long ago, but it seems like recently it sort of came back. It's it's because people are more uh, they more conscious of what they eat, the quality of uh, products that they consume, and uh, obviously the uh, the art of butchering that seemed to oh. went away or underground for a little bit is certainly reappearing in big numbers uh, because it's a big difference from uh, whether you can communicate with the butcher. Uh, uh, we're getting. Um, once again, requests and somebody's uh, Facebook messaging and say, well, give us your price for filet mignon or um, prime rib. And with that, you, you can't answer it in one sentence. You you have to ask whether that prime rib, is it bone in or is it boneless? Is it uh, grass fed or is it corn uh, feedlot finished? Is it a particular breed, the uh, Hereford or certified Angus, black or... Angus? 
whether it's USDA choice or whether it's USDA prime. There's so many uh, uh, variables that come into play. And uh, once again, we are trying to give you exactly what you're looking for. It's almost like you come in into the store and says, well, give me a piece of meat. Uh, what kind? Red. <laughs> you know, but that, that's about it. That's what you can get uh, going into supermarkets that, once again, nothing yeah. is grinded. Um, they usually do everything in the big hubs. Uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse is running today's sale is uh, ground beef, I believe. Uh, this custom blend, uh, which, you know, goes a lot of like rib and sirloin and sure. brisket. Uh, that is uh, at three ninety nine a pound. And also, uh, I believe the uh, ongoing sale is beef and burger sale. Nice. Uh, but with that said, uh, you can also ask anything and everything. And that's a benefit of having uh, a butcher talking to you, somebody who knows the anatomy, knows the biology of the animal, knows what uh, whether it's going to be tough or, or, or tender, whether it's going to be succulent and juicy versus dry, uh, you know. So, with, and also knows how to find that, that particular muscle in the body of the steer. And that's something I wanted to ask you about because I, you know, I consider myself a little bit of a meat expert and, uh, you know, in my other life overseas, uh, sheep are being butchered in my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I, you know, like in the kitchen, you know, if you ever see a sausage being made in your own kitchen while, the, you know, that, the rest that, of the animals that hanging is there, the it's best gnarly. tasting oh. uh, sheep or lamb and it's the best tasting sausage. But I learned something cool from you. Now, of, of course, I was always crazy about with Thanksgiving turkey, the oysters, you know, essentially kind of like above the hips. It would be mm -hmm. almost like lower back in a bird. You turned me on to a cut in beef with which I was previously unfamiliar. It goes by the Latin name. Terras Major. Ah. It's still because it, it, it still go by its Latin muscle name. And we human, we have in our shoulder, we also have Terras Major. And anybody who uh, either a doctor or, you know, a therapist, uh, you know, would know where to find it and where to look for it. It's in, in the human shoulder. So is the, in, in the shoulder of the steer. There's only two small muscles available. And each one of them is no bigger than half a pound. Let's say maybe on a big and anim enough animal, it can go to three quarters of a pound. But uh, those uh, half a pound muscle, only one of each, uh, one of them in each shoulder, that's pound of meat represents, uh, you know, and that package, we package them to usually two per package, re represents the whole 3000 pound uh, steer. That's amazing, and it's it's very similar to fillet, which is my it favorite is, cut. Uh, it goes by different monikers, and none of them really uh, stuck or became popular because it's never became a really popular cut because of the sheer unavailability of it. Right. Uh, not enough people know where to find it, how to cut it out, and once again, and the yield is so small that yeah. you get a pound out of 3,000 pound animal that certainly cannot be commercially harvested. So with that said, it, uh, they call it petite tender, they call it uh, fake fillet, uh, but it is uh, the second most tender muscle in the body of the steer. Uh, it is uh, more flavorful, in my opinion, than filet mignon, but if you treat it like fillet, it will taste like one. Yeah, in fact, what I've found, because the grain, uh, the, the way it's, it's presented, uh, the way the grain goes, it's like long grain, the way mm -hmm. you, you sell it, uh, you have to, to me, you have to treat it like tuna. <laughs> you put it on the pan for a split second. When you hear the hiss, turn it. That's it. Hear you the second you, you hiss, take even, it off. That, and that's my advice. Uh, everybody, you know, like uh, everybody who's uh, even uh, brave enough to try grass-fed uh, beef. And, you know, people sometimes get disappointed because there's such a hoopless surrounding it. It is the cheapest uh, beef to raise. Yeah. It is essentially, you know, a free grazing or free roaming animal. And uh, on a very uh, poor diet, you know. Yeah. Essentially, well said. No, right. it's true. And, and it doesn't have a chance to develop that intramuscular marbling that, uh, you know, now the consumer prefers. Yeah. No, no. It's so my advice uh, to anything that uh, in sort of tightens up and dries up, uh, you know, as a result of overcooking, sear. Don't, don't even cook it. Just sear it. Give it a nice uh, hot sear, golden color. And that's it. And that's uh, much more enjoyable than if you let it go, it tightens up, those fibers like really, really get into the knot. And now you have something 
not so palatable, let's put it this way. Are we talking about cooking or physical therapy <laughs> right now? <laughs> well, they both go hand in hand. It's a good knowledge of anatomy. You Absolutely. Know, just like a hunter, just like, you, you know, breaking down uh, uh, an animal in your kitchen, that, that requires certain not only skill knives, but uh, the knowledge of the an anatomy. It really does. And when it's in your own kitchen and it's a sheep from the Gobi, it also involves open windows. <laughs> when, when you're cooking, close them up. But prior to that, no, no, by all means. You, at Sam's, I was also able to get some mutton. I, I just call it sheep meat. And yep. to me, that was a big deal. It's not easy to get mutton here. Uh, yes, but at the same time, uh, it's not easy. See, uh, here, here's a, uh, I, I see a big... Uh, supermarkets uh, big box supermarkets is this one-stop shopping where you can uh, load yourself on the toilet paper and the paper towels and the bleach all those items that's uh, very popular nowadays in the COVID times sure uh, but uh, this is not the place to go to indulge yourself in some fine products like good uh, quality meats or fresh fish caviars for that matter or you, this is not the place certainly you're going to find any Anything uh, past the, those delicious. All right, we have another uh, break coming up, uh, and we'll get back to you right after that. is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Be here this coming Wednesday at 5 p.m. for Dave Edwards' Perfect Albums, where we will feature John Denver and the Muppets' Christmas Album, brought to you by Clover Stables. Radio worth listening to. Lisa Morrison, a psychic medium who reaches those who have crossed over from physical to spiritual, intuitively hears, feels, and sees information coming from the other side. Tune in every Thursday at 12 noon on Radio Worth Listening To. And we're back with free speech. I almost say tales and trails because of my Monday morning show, Stephen. Sorry about that. Uh, our, our question again, do you think we should repeat it? Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, Jay, uh, once again, I'd like uh, the, uh, our sponsors would like uh, you to, in a true spirit of uh, giving this season, uh, uh, guys, let's think about it. And uh, we're going to give you a couple of questions. And with that, the chance to win uh, two ski passes to uh, Mount Peter. Mad. And nice. a $50 gift certificate, that's a different kind of question, to Sam's Meat Warehouse. The timing is perfect. This is uh, if you're still wondering and uh, thinking what to prepare for dinner, those guys in Sam's Meat will certainly will give you a hand and tell you and spend time with you explaining what's good, what's not. Yes, they will. So the questions again. Uh, this question is for the two Mount Peter passes. Um, which state? In fact, we'll make it easier. We'll make it multiple choice. Four, four choices. Which U.S. state has the most ski areas? Is it New York, where Mount Peter is? Is it California? Is it Colorado? Ski. Oh, even, yeah. Is it Utah? All right. So, uh, folks out there, uh, which uh, state has the most ski resorts? Is it New York, California, Utah, or Colorado? The number to call is 845-651-1110. And here's your chance to win uh, two ski passes to and, Mount Peter. And then we had another ski-related uh, question. This one related to Mount Peter. And this was for, what was it, $50? $50 gift certificate. Mm -hmm. To Sam's Meat, Meat Warehouse. And this question is, what was the original purpose of Mount Peter's founding? What major company needed it for a photo shoot and started the ski resort there? Yeah, Calling the, your answer? That's a wild uh, cat uh, kind of question. <laughs> wild but cat which, for sure. But uh, this is why I love it. And uh, for those and for those uh, of you who doesn't know the answer, uh, I'm, for example, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm looking forward to learn something new. It's a, and it's an important uh, answer during this season. 
especially. Looks like there's an incoming call. So I think we'll um we'll we'll take that call <laughs> once somebody picks it up and we'll we'll go with it. So caller, when we do pick you up, just uh give us your name and where you're calling from. And remember the questions again are which US state has the most ski resorts? Is it Colorado, Utah, California or New York? All right, well, uh, maybe we didn't. Somebody uh, just got dropped off. But if you're here, call again. And if you have an answer, please do. Uh... <laughs> so anyway, and the other question is, what major company was the reason for Mount Peter right here in Warwick, New York, starting and opening? Uh, they needed it for photo shoots. Give us a call. The lines are open. Uh, the number to call is 845-651-1110. So anyway, getting back to that pretty cool incoming call again. <laughs> and it's, Stephen, uh, back to that terrace major. <laughs> All right. I think somebody is calling, maybe. Uh oh. All right. So anyway, uh, folks, uh, please uh, do call. We have another 10 minutes uh, or so uh, for a chance to claim those uh, gifts. There's always going to be another chance for the next uh, program. But uh, as uh, we speak right now, I believe we do have a caller on the line. So caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Margaret Warwick. I think it's Utah. What's that? I think it's Utah. Nope, sorry, Margaret, incorrect. Margaret, oh. you still have another three uh, tries, so once we hang up, try calling again. Uh, once again, among those remaining states, now we, we know it's not Utah, so whether it's New York, Colorado, or California. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Margaret. Okay, bye-bye. And the other question, of course, is why was the Mount Peter Ski Resort right here in Warwick, New York, started? A major company started it for a photo shoot for their products and that's interesting that that's the one i'm, I'm uh, certainly looking forward to because that's something i do not know and i'm actually very excited to learn a piece of uh, local history yeah and i maybe uh if we don't get a regular caller maybe somebody from mount peter will call in and let us know that would be really interesting in itself i believe we do have another caller on the line and uh caller what's your name where are you calling from hi it's bill from sussex county new jersey Hi, Bill. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm you... calling about the question about the photo shoot. Ooh, that's an, that's an interesting one. So please do. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are interested to hear the story. And I understand it might have been Macy's that um, I, I originally just, did that. I just get a nod from uh, Jay Westervelt. In fact, it was a Macy's. Do, do you guys know a little bit more backstory on it? Uh, how it, uh, in fact, happened? Bill, do Not you know? a lot of information other than that they were trying to um, display their ski apparel, maybe the ski clothing. Exactly. And, you know, there was a this area referred to back then as Point Peter, where I don't remember. And again, the people at Mount Peter, especially the Sampson family who have run the resort there for well over 50 years, they would have the definitive answer. But. For some reason, Macy's needed a place near the city, of course. And, you know, what place is more Christmassy than Macy's here in, uh, right. in New York? Uh, they needed a place to display their ski equipment or ski clothing, rather. And someone said, well, Point Peter looks like a ski area. And they went up and said, yeah, it really does. Let's set it up. And, and it became one. Yeah. One thing led Wonderful. to another. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for calling. Uh, you, uh, a lucky winner of $50 gift certificate from Sam's Meat Warehouse. Please call the station and that can be either mailed to you or can be picked up right here at WTBQ. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas and show. happy holidays. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> that's well, a difficult it, question. No, it, it is. It is great. And once again, it's a very, very interesting question. Very, very interesting. I'm, I'm uh, glad that, uh, you know, somebody knew the answer. Somebody won uh, the, the prize. And I'll, I learned once again something new today. Yeah, it's funny. You know, that's an interesting piece of Warwick history that unfortunately isn't shared enough. I mean, Mount Peter has such an, a critical part of history in and, Warwick. And it's great that uh, somebody, you know, from Sussex, New Jersey, 
actually stepped up to the plate and uh, you know unfortunately none of the wildcat uh, maybe listeners uh, either knew about it or and once again you know there's a lot of influx of uh, people who are uh, you know just new to the area yeah I hope you enjoy the trivia and you you uh, just like me you learn something new today and more importantly uh We hope you guys enjoy Mount Peter. That is a great place. Uh, by the gem. way, those two uh, ski passes still available. Uh, even if you knew, if you didn't know, just like I didn't, uh, about how the, the place came to be. Uh, that's the beautiful ski resort and the ski slopes. And you have a chance to win it. There's only three choices left, whether it's New York, California, or Colorado, which uh, state features the most of ski resorts. Pretty, pretty easy question, hopefully. Another 10 minutes, here's your chance to still win it, folks. Anybody who's listening. And Stephen, interestingly, your Pulpit Rock Inn Boutique Hotel will have a ski shuttle, from what I understand, to Mount Peter, very likely. Yep, and uh, that's once again, it's a part of the local uh, history. And uh, the shuttle, uh, back in the day, it was called carriage, of course, carriage uh, shuttle, uh, carriage service. And uh, it's uh, by the name of Pioneer Carriage. And it was part of the Red Swan Inn, one of the most grandest hotel that uh, Warwick uh, enjoyed and featured back in the uh, beginning of the last century. Uh, opened up in 1903, uh, one of the most modern with amenities uh, unparalleled, not to be exceeded by anyone in New York State. Yeah, and in fact, um, that was the reason Warwick became Uh, better known with people from Gotham. Destination, and, uh, you know, this is when people from New York City, they came in for a weekend. Many of them bought uh, land around here, started farms, you know. Uh, people also, uh, you know, some of the uh, farms were, or, or big plots of land were bought by some uh, folks out of the city who uh, were making a great living in, uh, in a different kind of industries and in movies and advertising and, uh, you know, in the showbiz. And uh, so we are home to quite diverse population. And, uh, you know, but the beginning that sort of spur that uh, of that allowed for that growth was uh, the hotels of the area where the weird travelers could uh, stop over and enjoy and see what a beautiful place we have. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, uh, Warwick's municipal historian has written many books about the history of Warwick. And um, in one, the, the name of which is, I believe, Uh, the history of Warwick, New York, he, um, he, he refers to the Red Swan Inn as having been something that, well, it, he, he teaches us that the first mayor, Mayor Wisner, actually mm -hmm. founded the hotel and that it brought in affluent huntsmen and, you know, really wealthy, well-to-do people into Warwick. It really brought up the profile of the place. And that was in the chapter called, I think, The Golden Era of Warwick. And Because that's exactly how it became known. That, exactly. That's exactly. Not only that, uh, you know, besides uh, Red Swan Inn that we just mentioned, in 1903, that's the very year that Red Swan Inn uh, opened its doors. Uh, at that time, at that turn of the century uh, right there, we had more than half a dozen hotels. That's amazing. Uh, in Warwick. Population at the time, 3,000 people. What's the population now, Stephen? It's tenfold. It's uh, <laughs> pushing, uh, reaching almost to 40,000. That is something, and yet we don't have one hotel. We have a tiny motel in town. Right, uh, but yet not, not which I don't, uh, once again, it'll do probably in, in, in a pinch, uh, but it's certainly not adequate uh, to what community needs, to what we as a community put in great effort of, uh, you know, advertising ourselves and promoting the uh, reputation that Warwick has as a social hub and a home for Anything from Apple Fest to events? Well, just in the winter. I mean, it's a motel. I, I don't know if it's good or bad. It's probably fine. It, it just doesn't have enough beds. Let's say a group of people want to come from New York City and do a, a little ski getaway, something that's near enough and affordable. They don't have anywhere to stay. So they, if they want to go spend a weekend at Mount Peter, two days there taking some lessons with a terrific school over there. Big shout out to Matt over in the snowboard school. Um, they don't have somewhere to stay. So they sort of have to come up here and make it a day trip and go home and miss out on a second day at Mount Peter. Yep. If there was actually a true hotel here. And I believe that that the uh, you know that's an absence of those amenities that uh, I don't want to say the crippling uh, the the economy of uh, you know uh, local economy, but it certainly will benefit and it certainly will trickle down to every 
pop and mom store on the main street to every merchant to Absolutely. every restaurant to every farm uh, you know to uh, that engage in you know selling the produce agri tourism and, and with the, with that you know the more people will come the more dinners will get sold and uh, once again um, restaurant is right now is a very relevant uh, theme and yeah. i uh, if you don't mind i would like maybe to uh, in in our future programs to maybe consider and feature some local businesses some local restaurants we have like really really gr- great of them i'm familiar Definitely. with the people who run them um chateau hathorn has been a local feature for many decades. I know uh, Dolph personally. So is uh, John Christensen of yesterday. I believe yesterday was on the main street uh, way uh, long uh, uh, at the time. I think the only uh, two restaurants were on the main street was the Bert's Tavern and yesterday's. Yeah, G's was there for, for quite a while. It was, there, it was in a different spot when I was a kid, but not really a restaurant, uh, yep. full, full bore. I believe we have... Uh, I think wrap-up time. Oh, we, we're wrapping up. Okay, great. So, folks, for anybody who listened and enjoyed, and especially congratulations for those uh, people who called and knew the answer, uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, congratulations on your wins. Uh, for the rest of you, uh, please uh, enjoy a happy holiday season from uh, all of us here at WTBQ. Uh, from me and Jay, a happy uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. 